Hello, everyone. It's Matthew DeMello, and we're back with another episode of my second favorite transfer pricing podcast, The Fiona Show, hot off the press. In case you're wondering, my first favorite, and yes, that's a thing, is The Fiona Show, where we go deep into transfer pricing. Well, now that I think about it, it's really all kind of a toss-up. But enough about me. Let's see who's making waves in the transfer pricing world today. Here it comes, hot off the press. Well, French President Emmanuel Macron has quickly learned the art of keeping himself in the news. First, he had everyone in a tizzy, especially a certain president we all know and, well, know, when he launched a 3% digital services tax on digital businesses with an annual global revenue of more than 750 million euros or $835 million. This, of course, creates additional taxes for Google, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and quite possibly French wine lovers in America. That is, if Trump follows through on his retaliatory threats to put tariffs on French vino. But for the digital giants, the pain may be fleeting. At the end of August, Macron told the G7 that France's digital services tax was meant to be a temporary solution. And France will not only do away with the tax once a multilateral agreement is in place, but it will also reimburse taxes paid under the digital services tax. Which just leaves one question. What about the wine? Pub-loving tax execs in Ireland can soon lift a pint in the memory of the country's relaxed transfer pricing regime, which sadly is about to change. While exact details will debut in November's Finance Bill 2019 and official laws will go into effect on January 1st, 2020, we know at least a little of what you can expect to see. The biggest change, of course, is that Ireland will adopt the OECD's 2017 guidelines to set arm's length prices. Right now, it's still clinging to 2010s. Note to Ireland, ancient castles, very cool. Ancient transfer pricing rules, not so much. The country also plans to embrace documentation requirements. You knew that one was coming. And yes, they want the whole three-tiered caboodle, master and local files, along with CBC reports. Okay, technically the tax authorities do require CBC reports now, but only for large businesses, small and medium-sized companies. You might have to step up to the plate now, too or whatever it is you step up to in rounders or hurling or Gaelic football. Also, if you have transfer pricing arrangements that aren't subject to Ireland's 2011 rules because they've been grandfathered, the glory days may be over. We hear it's totally possible, likely even, that the compliance-friendly exemptions days are numbered as well. Remember that annoying saying, the early bird catches the worm? Well, maybe not always, and certainly not in Denmark. Rewind the clock back to January, and you may recall the Supreme Court decision about a case between Microsoft and the Danish tax authorities. The nutshell, the court had to decide if a discretionary assessment was allowed in relation to intercompany compensation for marketing activities between Microsoft Denmark APS and Microsoft Ireland Operations, a subsidiary. The tax authorities' argument was that documentation was insufficient because it was, get this, late. How many lawyers did it take to come up with that? The court sided with Microsoft. Well, yeah, but the surprise comes in recent pay-it-forward instruction inspired by the case. The Danish tax authorities recently published new guidance that says companies who were subjected to a discretionary transfer pricing adjustment based solely on the fact that the transfer pricing documentation rolled in after the deadline can have those years reopened and reevaluated. Take that, early bird. But they'll only go back as far as 2008. Part of the deal is that the taxpayer has to prove that the assessment in question 
was not made on behalf of a faulty arm's length principle. So if you're thinking of trying to get a legitimate transfer pricing assessment reopened, as another annoying saying goes, forget about it. What's Japanese for uh-oh? Because that's what we'd say right about now to Kyoto-based electronics parts maker Kyocera Corp, which, um, quote, forgot, unquote, to declare the income of a Singapore subsidiary with the parent company. The result, an anti-tax haven taxation rule violation and a noticeable omission of 1.4 billion yen in taxable income. That's 13 million 234,640 US dollars and 72 cents. Translation for whoops, anyone? The anti tax haven taxation rule is supposed to prevent profit shifting to low tax countries and diminishable tax income to Japan. So far, the company has said sayonara to about 300 million yen or 2,836,785 US dollars. Well, now you're in the know on the transfer pricing scene around the globe. Congratulations. You're one of us now, but don't stop there. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and we'll get you up to speed every week. While you're at it, check out our sister podcast, The Fiona Show, which dives headfirst into transfer pricing issues, court decisions, technical elements, you name it. This podcast was edited, engineered, and hosted by yours truly, Matthew DeMello. Our executive producer, Marilyn Mitchum-Strom, writes our scripts. Which countries are changing regulations? Who's disputing the arm's length principle in court? What's the latest on digital taxation? We can't wait to find out either. Meet you back here next week for another exciting episode of The Fiona Show, hot off the press. Hot off the press.